Welcome to Stone Circle Stories, nourishing the lifeblood of connection to ourselves, each other, and the natural world through story. Hello, and welcome to Stone Circle Stories. My name is Shauna Perrin, and I'm part of the storytelling team at Stone Circle Stories. And I'm Dr. Stephanie Shelburne. I'm also part of the team. And today, I will be telling the story of Vasilisa the Beautiful, which is a Russian fairy tale. The story I'll be telling is an adaptation of the modern work by Mariana Mayer called Baba Yaga and Vasilisa the Brave. Deep in the birch forest in a small clearing lives the ancient and terrible Baba Yaga. No one knows how old she is. She's just always been there in the deep, dark forest. To some, Baba Yaga appears very tall and thin like a skeleton, though she never stops eating. Humans are Baba Yaga's favorite food. She's always hungry. Indeed, her crooked hut is made of human bones, evidence of her numerous meals. It should be no wonder, then, that Baba Yaga lives alone. Even so, from time to time, there are the occasional visitors, the stray traveler here, the hapless wanderer there. Of course, few have ever survived the visit. However, there is one in particular, a young girl who encountered Baba Yaga, and the encounter bears repeating. This is how it happened. At the far edge of Baba Yaga's forest, there lived a mean-spirited woman with her two ill-tempered daughters and her stepdaughter Vasilisa. Whereas the other girls were cruel and ugly, Vasilisa was kindness itself and beautiful beyond measure. Vasilisa's mother had died when the girl was quite young. Her father had soon remarried, more for the child's sake than for his own, believing his daughter should have a mother's love as she grew up. And while his intentions were for the good, the results were sadly the opposite. It wasn't many years later that he too passed away, leaving the orphan Vasilisa at the mercy of her stepmother. While he was alive, the woman pretended affection where there was none. But once free of her husband, she allowed herself to behave as she pleased. All his wealth was entrusted to the stepmother with the understanding that she would take care of Vasilisa. Instead, she indulged her two daughters every whim and made Vasilisa's life as miserable as possible. The orphan girl was banished to the coldest, darkest part of the house and given every menial task to do. The stepsisters followed their mother's example and delighted in teasing the poor girl when they were not also ordering her to do their bidding. It was, oh, you lazy girl, why hasn't the floor been scrubbed yet? And when will you finish the cooking so you can do the washing up? Vasilisa would have asked for mercy had there been anyone to listen. Certainly she would have run away had there been anywhere to go. 
sadly there was not. And so she might have grown bitter, and her sweet nature might have turned cold and hard, but for Vasilisa, cruelty made her more kind and compassionate. It seemed an inner voice guided her and gave her strength, and then, if this was not enough, she had a special treasure that made all else bearable. This treasure was a doll that was made for her by her mother just a few months before she died. All of her mother's love had gone into the making of that doll, and when it was finished, her mother told her, if ever you're in need, this doll will comfort you. And in truth, by some miracle, the doll did. In other ways, it was a plain and simple doll. Indeed, the stepsisters would never have owned such an ordinary one. But Vasilisa kept it near her always. It was her secret. Most astonishing of all, the doll was alive. At night, when Vasilisa was left to the darkness of her shabby quarters, she would pour out all her hopes and dreams to this small creature. The doll would listen, her eyes glowing like embers, and quietly, so that no one else could hear, she would whisper loving words of comfort and advice to Vasilisa. To have such a treasure made Vasilisa's days seem shorter, caused her work to seem lighter, and gave her a sense that she was not alone in the world. Soon enough, the years passed as they do. The stepsisters reached marriageable age, and so did the beautiful Vasilisa. Her presence seemed to make the other girls appear even more homely and dull-witted. The stepmother knew that she would never find husbands for her daughters unless she was first rid of Vasilisa. With that in mind, she devised a sinister plan. Early one evening, she gave each girl a task. By the light from the flame of a single candle, her daughters were to work at their lace-making, and Vasilisa was to do the mending. Without complaint, all three girls huddled in the small pool of light cast by the single candle and began their tasks. Beyond the light, everything was in shadow, and as the hours ticked by, the darkness of the night deepened and closed in to envelop the rest of the house. The girls worked in silence. The only sound, the incessant creaking of the stepmother's rocking chair as she rocked back and forth, back and forth, back and forth, her cat-like eyes fixed on Vasilisa. Near midnight, the candle had burned down to a tiny stub. At the last clock strike, at the stroke of 12, the flaming wick began to sputter, then flared, flickered, and finally went out. Suddenly, the household was thrown into total darkness. The girls rushed to light a fresh candle, but their attempts failed. Indeed, they were unable to strike even a single match. A powerful spell had fallen over the house. The stepmother had planned it so, for she was a witch. In the darkness, no one could see the evil smile of satisfaction on her lips. Vasilisa, she ordered, don't just stand there. Make yourself useful. Go at once to Baba Yaga's house at the other end of the forest and tell her she must lend us a light, or how shall we manage? 
Obediently, Vasilisa went to her room to prepare for the long journey. The doll was waiting for her. In the dark, the creature's eyes shone like two burning candles. Vasilisa, you look so troubled, said the doll. Tell me what's wrong. Oh, my stepmother has ordered me to fetch a light from Baba Yaga. You know I shall never return from that journey. Listen to me, child, said the doll. Don't despair. You must be brave. Do as your stepmother has told you, but take me with you. It was well past midnight when Vasilisa left the house and set out across the forest. She followed a narrow footpath and lighting her way was the full moon that seemed to drift along with her. But when she dared look beyond the path, haunting shadows shifted with the chilly wind, playing tricks with every dark shape. Shivering, Vasilisa hugged her doll closer to her heart and continued on her way. The night wore on and the moon faded. Suddenly, a pale horseman came riding on a tall white stallion and crossed the path right before Vasilisa. She saw that his face was ghostly white, as was his armor. In the next instant, he disappeared. In his wake, silvery thread of light broke through the trees. Day was dawning. A bird sang out. The forest came to life. And Vasilisa's heart felt lighter as the last traces of night vanished. Not long after, a second rider galloped across her path. His face was sunburnt, his armor scarlet, his horse flame red chestnut. The sun rose behind him, and a rosy glow spread across the forest. The air lost its chill, and it began to grow warm. The rest of the day, Vasilisa walked on. Then, as the light faded and the long shadows gathered, she came to a clearing. Oh, what she saw was fearsome, for there stood a high fence made of bleached bones, and on each fence post a hollow-eyed skull sat glaring. The gate was also made of bones, the latch was a sharp-toothed mouth, and the bolt was a skeleton's hand. On the other side of the fence stood Baba Yaga's hut on its rickety stilts of bones. Vasilisa let out a breath. <sighs> no one was home. At that moment, a black-cloaked horseman riding a jet-black steed passed like a long, silent shadow. As he vanished, darkness fell. The skulls upon the fence lit up and each pair of empty eyes burned with a fierce light. Night had arrived, and the forest was still as death. Then, far in the distance, Vasilisa heard twigs snapping and leaves rustling. The sounds drew closer and closer, and suddenly, out of the dark wood, came Baba Yaga herself, riding a mortar, swinging a pestle in one hand and her broom in the other. Down she swept before the gate, her eyes searching, her nose twitching. I know you're hiding there in the birches, she announced in a deep, gruff voice. Come out at once or I shall come and get you. Vasilisa felt for the little doll beneath her shawl. The small creature was still there. 
Vasilita t- Lisa took a deep breath and stepped into the open. She bowed respectfully, and keeping her eyes fixed on the ground, she said, It is I, Vasilisa. My stepmother has sent me to ask if we may borrow a light. Is that so? replied Baba Yaga with a sly smile. <laughs> yes, I know of your stepmother, and your stepsisters too. You might have wished for better relations, my dear. Well, never mind. You shall have your light, and you may even live to use it. We shall see. But first, you must live here and work for me. Turning from the girl, Baba Yaga addressed the lock. Open up, I say. Instantly, the lock did as she commanded. Baba Yaga passed through the gate, and making her way up the ladder, entered the hut. Vasilisa hurried to follow. In a flash, the gate slammed behind her. There was a clatter of bones, and the lock snapped shut. When Vasilisa entered the hut, Baba Yaga was already sitting in her chair by the fire. Her black eyes sparkled as she fixed them on the girl. I'm hungry, she growled. Pull out everything in the oven and serve it to me now. Vasilisa did not need to be asked twice. She slipped the doll into her pocket and got to work. Inside the oven, there was 12-foot-long baked sturgeon stuffed with wild mushrooms and kasha. There was a mountain of paper-thin pancakes called blinis in butter, a gallon of beet soup called borscht, and at least six dozen turnovers called piroshki. All this the girls served to the ravenous Baba Yaga, who ate steadily. Not once did she raise her black eyes from her plate till every last scrap was gone. Finally, the bowls and platters were empty. Baba Yaga smacked her thin lips, wiping her mouth with her sleeve, looked up at Vasilisa. Tomorrow, while I'm away, I want you to take the bushel of wheat outside the hut and sort it from the chaff. Then sweep the yard, clean the hut, and don't let me find even a speck of dirt anywhere. Wash the linen and cook me a fine supper. If all this isn't done and done well, I'll have you for my supper. And with that, Baba Yaga shut her eyes and began to snore. Vasilisa sat down in a dark corner and shook her head. Silently, the doll crept from her pocket. Don't fret, child, whispered the doll. Go to sleep now. Night is no time to solve problems. In the morning, we shall see what can be done. When Vasilisa awoke, she saw the white horseman ride through the clearing, and soon the red horseman followed. Light streamed in through the windows of the hut. It was a new day. Baba Yaga opened her cold black eyes and whistled for her mortar and pestle. In an instant, they appeared with her faithful broom. She climbed into the mortar and gave Vasilisa a smile, revealing two fine rows of long, sharp teeth. I leave you to your work, my dear, she said, and was gone. Oh, where to begin, thought Vasilisa. Just then the doll leapt from her pocket, ran into the yard, found the bushel, and at once set to work separating the chaff from the wheat. Vasilisa was astonished, for she had never imagined the little doll would do the task for her. Indeed, the little creature labored tirelessly. 
When she finished the wheat, she swept the yard, scoured the hut, laundered the linen, too. There was nothing for Vasilisa to do but cook, and cook she did. She made cream cheese pastries, a hot sauerkraut soup called she, and a golden bread called kulabyak, filled with savory onions and mushrooms, salmon and rice. To be sure, she prepared many more dishes beside, so that the supper, when she finished, was a Russian feast, fine enough for a czar. Presently, the black horseman rode past the hut. Night drew in. The skulls upon the fence lit up, and Vasilisa heard the distant rustling that heralded Baba Yaga's return. Then in came the tall, bony creature, her black eyes searching the hut, ready to find the tasks were not completed. Instead, she found everything spotless, the wheat separated from the chaff and a sumptuous meal waiting. Did you finish? she asked in disbelief. Yes, replied Vasilisa with pride. Please sit, your supper is ready, and you should eat it while it's hot. In spite of herself, Baba Yaga made little sounds of delight as she devoured her delicious supper. Even for her, she ate an enormous quantity. Nevertheless, at the close of the meal, she said, Since you did so well with the last set of tasks, Tomorrow I shall expect that you do even more. First, wash every window in the hut. Then, go find the needle I lost some years ago in one of the haystacks beyond the yard. When that's done, remove every particle of dust from the giant barrel full of poppy seeds behind the door. And of course, I expect an equally splendid meal for my supper tomorrow night. Then, after reminding the poor girl that she'd meet a gruesome fate if she failed, Baba Yaga shut her eyes. It might have been a sleepless night for Vasilisa, but the doll comforted her, whispering reassuring words till the young girl fell asleep. The next day, when Vasilisa awoke, Baba Yaga was gone. Without delay, the doll went to work, and Vasilisa began to prepare another elaborate feast. Neither stopped until evening approached. At last, with the window spotless and the needle found, the doll sat down and dusted every single tiny poppy seed. In time, the black horseman rode through the clearing. The hollow schools took on their unearthly light, and it was nightfall again. Baba Yaga returned. As she surveyed the hut, she saw at once that all the tasks had been completed and another wonderful feast awaited her. Almost smiling, Baba Yaga sat down to her supper and didn't stop eating until she finished everything sat before her. Only then did she glance up at Vasilisa. You are an excellent cook, my girl, said Baba Yaga, and quite a remarkable housekeeper. But in the area of conversation, you leave much to be desired. Don't be so dull. Let me see how brave you are. Ask me a question. But mind, not every answer I give will be to your liking. Vasilisa gathered her courage. Somehow tonight she felt less afraid of the terrible Baba Yaga. There is one question I'd like to ask, said Vasilisa. Who are the three riders that pass through the forest? 
Baba Yaga narrowed her black eyes and gave a laugh. <laughs> you are a wise one to ask only about things outside this hut. I don't take kindly to girls who are nosy about my private matters. Very well, I'll answer you. Those riders are my faithful knights. The white is my daybreak, the red my sun, the black my night. Now it's my turn to ask a question, announced Baba Yaga gleefully. Just how did you succeed in doing all the many tasks I set for you? Unwilling to conceal the truth, though she knew she might regret it, Vasilisa replied, By my mother's love. Baba Yaga squirmed in her seat. She loathed anything to do with love. Ugh, she exclaimed. Be off with you. It's time you took yourself home. Getting to her feet, she shooed the girl to the door. At the gate, she stopped, reminded of something. Here, a little light for your stepmother and stepsisters, she said, pulling one of the lighted skulls from a fence post. Baba Yaga drove it into a stake. She handed it to the girl and pushed her out the gate, saying, Don't forget to give this to them, my dear. Now, on your way. Astonished that she had escaped with her life, Vasilisa turned away from the hut and set out on her long journey across the forest. All night she walked, and the skull's gleaming eyes never failed her, but kept burning like a beacon to light the way home. At daybreak, the flame went out on its own. But her journey was only half over. Still, she walked on. And then as nightfall approached, magically the skull lit up again, aiding her for a second evening. At last, near midnight, she arrived home. The house was pitch black. Not a candle burned in any window. It is late, thought the girl. Perhaps they're all sleeping. Thinking that her stepmother would have no use for light at this hour, she started to leave it outside. Suddenly, the skull spoke in a commanding voice. Take me inside, Vasilisa. Baba Yaga meant you to give me to your stepmother and stepsisters. She will be very cross if you disobey. Very well, said Vasilisa, and pushing open the front gate, she stepped inside with the burning skull. To her great surprise, all three Roman were sitting in the dark. The magic the stepmother had used to kill the household light had worked only too well. All the time Vasilisa had been away, no candle or torch could illuminate the house. Eagerly, the women rose to take the glowing skull, but now the skull came to life. With a will of its own, the head turned and focused its fiery eyes on the stepmother. Startled, she cried out and tried to flee, but the skull's gaze followed her, and again its blazing light fell upon her. In an instant, she was engulfed in flames and quickly reduced to cinders. Then the eyes searched out each stepsister in turn, and they too were consumed by flames. In a great flash, the light within the skull was extinguished. The room was thrown into darkness. Not a sound could be heard. Vasilisa could not stay in the house another moment. So with her little doll in her pocket, she headed off into the forest to have many another adventure as Vasilisa the Brave. The end, or maybe the beginning. 
Thanks for telling us that story. I really, really love that one, and I'd never heard it before. What? Uh, I'm just curious. What uh, made you pick that story for the for the inaugural uh, Stone Circle stories? Great question. <laughs> well, I love this story. I love um, the story of Vasilisa. And initially, on the one hand, I want to say, I don't even know why. I love Russian fairy tales. Mm-hmm. Um, this one in particular, I love the relationship that she creates with the doll. And again, there are a lot of variations of this story. Um, but the, the one thing that seems to remain constant is that the relationship between her and the doll and the doll's help. Um, and I, I, from a psychological perspective, I sort of equate that relationship as similar to the one that we have with our own stronger inner self. And so when we can create that level of relationship with our inner self, we actually have the strength to, to do anything, to kind of overcome any level of adversity. And so that's, that's how I look at it. Um, but I also love Baba Yaga so much. I love her in this story, even though she's supposed to be one of the the nemesis. I love that she represents several different things. Um, and I, I feel like she's maligned. I don't find her as a nemesis. Um, she strikes yeah. me as kind of like the personification of the unknown. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's one thing that I... She's unpredictable. She is primordial. Um, she's got control of the elements in a way that I imagine makes modern humans very uncomfortable. And by modern, I mean, you know, Renaissance humans or when these fairy tales kind of started to morph um, into what they are today. And um, I can see where that that would be a very frightening power. Um, so instead, she gets kind of pushed to the side of evil or bad or something Mm. to be frightened of and used to scare children in the night (laughs) into good behavior (laughs) yeah and yet she she ends up letting vasalisa go to her lousy lousy family (laughs) (laughs) yeah but even then vasalisa holds true and um does exactly what she's supposed to do and the other thing that i think is so great is you know the this evil stepmother you know she sent her out to get fire and so Vasilisa did exactly what she was supposed to do and she came back with fire and it's one of those I think to me one of the morals would be be careful what you ask for <laughs> if you're asking from um an unaligned or a nefarious position <laughs> you just might get it Thanks for pulling up a seat for this installment of Stone Circle Stories. Until next time, keep turning the pages on your own favorite stories. Stone Circle.